you ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word, victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. But without victory there is no survival. Now we are the masters of our faith. And now we welcome back another challenger for Congress in the new District 3, Carla Black, batting cleanup. How are you, Carla? Hi, Ed. Nice to talk with you again. I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Well, if campaign sign placement means anything, you, you have a chance. I see them everywhere as I drive around Sacramento. A lot of folks want the job you want. How do you gain separation from the rest of the field? <clears throat> I would say uh, in many areas, one I think would be my uh, knowledge of what's going on with the federal government. In terms of the crises, um, we had a Q&A, all five of us uh, Republican candidates at an endorsement for one of the GOP organizations. And I was flabbergasted at the amount of information that, or the lack of information that some of the candidates didn't know. Uh, like for example, the JCPOA and the Iran nuclear deal, like one candidate, which was the GOP endorsed candidate, couldn't even answer the question. And so it's really scary to think that these people, one per, one of those people might represent District 6 in Washington, and they have no idea what's going on. But you could say this largely for the majority of candidates who probably run. But if you go to my website, like I said, I'm talking about things that other candidates are talking about. I'm not afraid to say, you know, that I'm uh, not for government uh, vaccinations. I'm not for masking our children. Um, I'm for a closed border. I supported President Trump. Like a lot of the candidates are afraid to say those types of things because they want your vote or they want to toe the line with their uh, pack that's supporting them. So we need real representation. We need people, not politicians. And I think that's what sets me apart from the other candidates. I'm going to take a wild guess here that you're opposing new gun control laws. Yeah, right. If anything, I would be uh, repealing most of the infringements that, you know, I would support legislation that would repeal the infringement because it shall not be infringed is most definitely being infringed upon. And it's funny how these uh, these bureaucrats and politicians, they never talk about the criminal. Right. They never talk about mental health. They want to go after metal objects. And if that's the case, are we going to start outlawing hammers and knives? I think knives are super popular over in the, new, the UK with their, you know, uh, homicide rate. It's like it's not the metal it's, it's not the metal object it's these people and we're putting a band-aid on it but if you understand that the the idea is to take away guns and if you look back to history with Uganda uh, and with uh, Mao in China and with uh, the Nazi Germany they take away the guns first from the citizens and then next comes genocide and so it's very important I think that needs to be taught in schools if you look at the correlation between uh, the arming the public and then genocide it coincides and so we need to protect our second amendment we're the last free world in the entire or sorry last free country in the entire world so definitely pro second amendment and i would be supporting taking any any legislation that infringes away you know it's like one of these uh, california ballot initiatives carla you think it's one thing but it's another you think they're trying to solve the problem of mass shootings no they're not they're trying to get guns out of our hands and get more power for themselves because if they really wanted to solve the problem they would talk about mental health they would talk about screening they would talk about some of these drugs that might be driving kids crazy in video games and you know latchkey kids all sorts of things but no it's as you say it's the guns and you know, I hope if you get to Washington, you'll talk some sense into them. 
Yeah, so it's the it's the degradation, the con- the over decades in society itself. One would be taking God out of the education system. Um, one would be the lack of parenting or allowing uh, the government through public education to parent your child because you know we have a lot more families that are single parent households, and so it's a lot to raise a child. Um, so I think that there's been a concerted effort to separate child from parent via the government and we see that right now i would if i could mention sb 866 the legislators will be voting on it today if you guys can make it anyone who's available can make it down to the capitol at 11 a.m to protest that but that's to vaccinate children to give consent at 12 years old that's happening today the fact that that's even was even you know presented on the floor and passed through the committee is uh frightening in itself but that's a perfect example of where the government is trying to intervene in in being the parent um and with the and like the point you're saying with the legislation they they hire people specifically to word these uh these these bills or these props or, or these measures that they pass, they word them specifically to make you think that they're positive, but they're really not. Like the gun legislation, it's really uh, to take away our guns, and it has nothing to do with safety, because if it did, we would be talking about mental health. We're talking with Carla Black, who's running for Congress in District 3. Carla, I just want to uh, go back a little bit to that bill, uh, SB 866, for those who may not be aware. Scott Weiner, who's a, a you know, a liberal yeah. nut job from San Francisco proposed it. But what yeah. bothers me, Richard Pan, who's a pediatrician, is the co-signer. Richard Pan and uh, Weiner, Weiner yeah. uh, they're probably the worst, the most uh, egregious offenders when it comes to parental rights. And and uh, that guy, Weiner from San Francisco, he's passed some some legislation in the past that would that advocated for um like alcohol and drug use to lower sentencing on pedophiles uh to lower the 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 time set sentence that a judge can sentence someone if they you know had relations with a child like 12 years old and a 22 year old like those two uh legislators are frightening and um, if if I'm elected, or even if I'm not elected, I'll work my hardest to get those two out and to protest against those two because uh, they need to be out. Um, so let me ask you this: You're a native Sacramentan. You grew up uh, near McClellan. I think it was was it your grandfather who raised you? He was a military guy. That's correct. Okay. Um, so with all your knowledge of of Sacramento and and most of this district, I think if not all of it is Sacramento. What can you do for that region in Congress, and what are the most pressing problems that you see? Um, so the most pressing that I hear is going to be the rent, the rent issue. But obviously, I'm not a. I wouldn't be running for state legislator, but I would definitely work with state legislators and local, um, you know, policymakers to to do something about the rent control. But again, that goes back to our our California economy. Uh, we're the highest cost of living, uh, and we can talk about you know our surplus. But then we have the highest. So the other thing would be the the homeless. So it would be the rent. I hear a lot about the homelessness, and so I think I've been in touch with the local homeless people by my area off of Roseville Road. Um, it can get pretty dangerous, so I try not to go out there by myself. But it's been a couple years that I will bring them toiletries, like certain people I know by name. But the main thing inside those homeless encampments is like those people are like you and me. Like one guy lost his home. Uh, he was living behind Apollo apartment 
And I asked him, how did he get to this situation? And he said he was living with his mom and his mom passed away. So he didn't have a job. And so he was living behind the, the apartment. And then um, also what's prevalent is drug use. So drug, when I would be at the encampment, drug dealers would either be sitting in their car or they show up periodically to, to steal drugs to the homeless people. Um, and the way that they look at it is that they're, you know, they're in a, a situation that they feel they can't climb out of. And, and the best way to escape reality is, you know, to get high. And so the money that you give them, unfortunately, you know, goes to kind of helping them escape their reality. So it would be rent control is the pressing issue that I'd work on. It would be the homelessness. Uh, and then I think the crime rate and how, in my opinion, you bring down the crime rate by uh, financing what an education for our youth, uh, providing the right services, providing those, putting those art and extracurricular activities back in school, like music. Like some schools don't even have instruments. And so it's just really unfortunate. But it would be to the children because that's where the problem is starting. And these people committing these crimes are, you know, they're our youth. Um, so I think those three would be the focus. It would be the homelessness, the, the work with other California legislators on policy for the rent, rent controls. And then, of course, try to lower inflation because that's part of it. Um, and then the crime, crime rate. Another aspect of this that I think is really going to affect you tomorrow is, uh, you know, it's like voting season goes on. It's it's longer than hunting season. It's longer than the NFL. It just goes on forever. Yeah, uh, and not- that and that just seems to me like, you know, it's it's opening the doors to all sorts of chicanery. Well, that's, that, that's by design, Ed. They, uh, they need to know. So the mail-in thing was like, okay, don't let a good crisis go to, go to waste, right? So in 2020, Gavin Newsom was like, oh, because of COVID, we're going to do the mail-in ballots. A lot of states did that. And we knew it was bogus because it was safe to go out. We could vote safely in person. And by the way, voting in person is the best day to, to our best, best way to vote in person on election day. Uh, June 7th, do not mail in your mail-in ballot because that's where the fraud occurs. And so if you think about it, it's, it, there, I think most countries, we're a first world country and we can't get a hold of our elections. We're taking, I think last year, or sorry, in 2020, I think I, mine was counted like three weeks after the election date. And so it's just like, there has to be a better way. We're smarter than this. We're a first world country. We're the wealthiest country in the world, like per capita individual, and we can't get this together. And so to me, that's by design, and the, we already know that Dominion uh, voting machines are have been proven to be, you can tamper with them remotely. I think there was a just a recent report that came out, the CISA report that came out on Dominion, which they, they say they know the, the vulnerabilities within the, the voting system, but they're okay because they haven't been exploited. That was their, their <laughs> rationale associated to that. So Sacramento <laughs> County, we definitely, yeah, it's wild. Sacramento County, we definitely have Dominion voting machines. And, um, yeah, we'll see how this election goes because, uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I have something. I'm going to do my own uh, due diligence uh, after the election in terms of finding out, going precinct to precinct and getting down to, uh, regardless of the outcome, you know, because I want to know how accurate are, is Dominion. And if I can prove that, you know, that it's not at all by going door to door and, you know, taking time off work, I will. Because we don't have a country if we don't have a voting system, you know what I mean? We don't have a country. You mentioned that we're a first world country. I think you got to get that fact checked. <laughs> well, the way we're going now, we've, I, I mean, by the end of the year, we might be a third, second or third. But there's third, there's second world country. I think in Mexico, yeah, Mexico, they, uh, they have the election on election day and then the person is 
announced. So it's like there's no excuse for for these long drawn out. And we all know about 2,000 mules. And we all know about uh, the election integrity lawsuit or California lawsuit. And then we also know about Mike Lindell's cyber symphonium uh, and then all the other uh, stuff associated to our voting irregular, especially here in California. I think the Supreme Court had already told California for four or five years ago to clean up our voter rolls and we haven't. So there's definitely some like we have people who were born in 1905 who voted. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> Yeah, you know, they, they, uh, I I think they're looking for the horseless carriage versus the Ford on the ballot. Yeah. <laughs> 1905. Yeah. Hey, Carla Black, always a pleasure to chat with you. I wish you good luck. And, um, Thank you. I appreciate that. Yep. And don't forget to vote tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> vote Black <laughs> tomorrow. Take uh, care. All right, Carla. Thanks very much.